Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today on a special edition of Good Mornings, the Silent Watch event at the Hancock County Courthouse was inspired by and dedicated to local Marine Corps veteran Gavin Smith, who died by suicide last year. Everyone who has served has a story, and there are many reasons that lead far too many to take their own lives. The struggle is far more common than we realize. Many, if not most, veterans find it difficult to reach out for help. We'll talk about how to take the first step in finding the local resources that are available. And Silent Watch co-founder Michelle Hawks shares the story of the organization and the work they do to support the mental health needs of veterans and their loved ones. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, September 29th, 2022. Today, our show originates from in front of the Hancock County Courthouse in downtown Findlay. In a little less than an hour, a very somber ceremony will take place to begin today's silent watch. Through the course of the day, community volunteers will take turns standing silent watch beside a flag-draped casket 22 minutes at a time to symbolize the fact that, on average, 22 U.S. military veterans commit suicide every day. Every single day, 22 veterans take their own lives. That's one suicide every 65 minutes. And as shocking as that number is, the real number may actually be higher. Now, you probably heard that number of 22 a day in the past, and you've wondered, where does that come from? Well, VA researchers used death records from 21 states to come up with that national estimate back in 2010. And while it is an estimate, it is a number that jumps out and grabs your attention. But there are some other noteworthy statistics you might be interested in learning within that research. About 72% of veterans are at least 50 years old. It's not surprising then that the VA found that people in this age group account for 69% of veteran suicides, or more than 15 of the 22 suicides per day. The actual number of estimated suicides per day among veterans has ranged from 20 a day in the year 2000 to 18 per day in 2007 and 22 suicides per day in 2009 and 2010, and that's the number that we use today, all according to the study. The rate of suicide among veterans who use VA health care services is about 36 per 100,000. Incidentally, active duty suicides in the military are also a problem. Active duty suicides jumped by 30% since 2008, with one soldier, sailor, or marine expected to commit suicide in the next 25 hours. Recent poll found that more than half of post-9-11 veterans know at least one colleague who attempted or managed to kill themselves. For many, the list of friends lost to suicide is much longer. Mental health, of course, is one of the greatest challenges facing returning soldiers, and it is also one of the biggest challenges facing the VA health care system, a deadly combination of indifference, stigma, red tape, and government dysfunction are all to blame. And again, it's important to emphasize that all of these numbers are estimates, because the fact is that there is no centralized system to track veteran suicides. And that's why events like this are so very important. If we're going to do something about this tragedy, if we're going to make a dent in the numbers, it's going to take all of us, not the VA, not Congress, not the Defense Department. The red tape, the government dysfunction, none of that is going away. 
the only way to get veterans the help they need is through our local communities and veteran organizations. That's the message, and that's the point that we hope to drive home today. Want some more statistics? All right. Try this one. One out of every three veterans live with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. One in three. Often a person experiencing PTSD will relive the traumatic event in thoughts and dreams and will take precautions to avoid situations that trigger memories of the event. In turn, this can prevent them from leading a productive life and make the transition into civilian life more difficult. It's not hard to see how that can lead to depression, loss of purpose in life, feelings that only compound the issue and make a veteran more susceptible to thoughts of suicide. Sufferers of PTSD are three to five times more likely to experience depression compared to those without symptoms of PTSD, according to a national survey. And PTSD is not the only mental health condition faced by veterans. Traumatic brain injury, or TBI, is a very common deployment-related injury. For active service members who were deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan, the chance of TBI is one in five and can lead to things like trouble concentrating, difficulty with planning and judgment, and poor impulse control, all of which can make it difficult to hold a job, even could land a person in jail. And that, in turn, can lead to depression, feeling of low self-worth, and again, thoughts of suicide. These are just two of the most common sources of mental health issues among the veteran population, but they are by no means the only concerns. As the numbers about suicides among veterans over the age of 50 indicate, there is no specified timeline for the presentation of these mental health concerns. Still, there are particularly stressful times for individuals and families, such as those in close proximity to combat or when separating from active military service. Research has shown that veterans are at significantly increased risk of suicide during their first year outside the military. Overall, only about 6% of the U.S. population have served or are serving in the military, but 17.8% of all recorded suicides were by veterans. For all of us, understanding the realities that come with military service and its relation to a person's physical and mental health can help improve their quality of care and potentially help save a life. That's why we bring up all of these numbers here this morning. It's also worth noting that substance abuse disorders remain a problem among veterans and military members. Alcohol use is most common, and this can also lead to significant adverse medical, psychiatric, interpersonal, and occupational outcomes. One study on military personnel found that approximately 30% of completed suicides and around 20% of deaths due to high-risk behavior were attributable to alcohol or drug use those deaths due to high-risk behavior won't ultimately go down as suicides, but many of the underlying causes are the same, and the outcome is no different. That's why we are here today, to raise awareness, to reach out to those who are struggling, to make a difference, and to do right by those who have sacrificed so much for us. This is The Silent Watch. A lot of volunteers out here 
this morning in front of the Hancock County Courthouse as we gear up for today's Silent Watch event that will officially begin at 7 o'clock. As we mentioned, it is an event that was inspired by and dedicated to local Marine Corps veteran Gavin Smith, who died by suicide last year. Rod Cramp is with us here from Allen Cramp Wealth Management. And, Rod, thanks for joining us, first of all, uh, taking a few moments, because I know you're very busy getting everything uh, all set up and and getting ready. This is uh, no small undertaking. Yes, busy morning, Chris. Um, And thank you for hosting this kind of force on the radio we really appreciate it and what a better way to serve gavin um we wanted to do something that would be impactful for gavin and what a better way for this to happen to do it through the silent yeah. watch yeah we talked with uh ty uh allen last week uh, about this uh when we learned about the silent watch event what it was all about folks may remember and if anyone didn't hear that conversation, you can go back to the podcast and, and listen to that from last week. But Gavin was a colleague of yours and a friend of yours that you worked with for a number of years prior to starting your company, right? Correct, Chris. Gavin worked with us for about 10 or 12 years at Fifth Third Securities, and um, we just became really good friends over the, that time period. And um, one of the things that I like to kind of shout out to gavin was, was he was a servant if there's one word to describe gavin he was a servant he served with the wreaths across america the flag city honor flight mm-hmm. children's mentoring group then also the cherry street mission in toledo gavin just poured his heart out to people if you asked him to do anything he probably would do it for you if it had something to do with serving and that really and it, it, like we said, he was a Marine Corps veteran um, post 9-11. Correct. Um, for so many veterans, it's a familiar story that that spirit of service continues long after they exit the military. Right. Good point, Chris. Um, I, I think that that's kind of their calling when they go into the military. Right. Gavin's was when he seen 9-11. He said, I've got I've to do something, and this is a good way for me to to make an impact um and i think that's the way all of our military men and women are but so many of them struggle after they get out because of the war what it does to them in, right. in the military with um this PTDS and you know what's really interesting and you know we talk about that spirit of service that that so many veterans find their purpose after they leave the military in continuing that service within the community and so that makes it that much more shocking when uh, someone like Gavin uh, succumbs to PTSD and those demons. Right. I think, as my colleague Ty said, I think that these guys are they're just broken. They need help. Um, again, the big point of having this event today was suicide awareness. September's a suicide awareness month. We feel that bringing this more to the community is going to help um, serve these men and women, um, to give them some more guidance in their journey in life. I mean, it it never stops for them. Yeah. It really doesn't. We were talking a little bit earlier about some of the numbers and some of the experiences, the PTSD, the TBI that so many veterans, uh, experience as well that, uh, leaves them with that, uh, loss of, of purpose, um, and, and struggling to assimilate uh, to civilian life uh, after their military service, uh, 
And again, we bring this up because for Gavin, that wasn't necessarily the issue. Again, he served. He, you know, found a, a lot of, of purpose uh, in the regular. So just finding that purpose is not always enough. I guess that's the, the, the point that really struck me. You're right. It, it isn't, Chris. And I think that's why we have to be there. Mm-hmm. They gave it all for us, so we need to continue to give it all for them. And I think that's that's just the struggle for them. It's, yeah. The guys and gals are out here today. They're still supporting their cause. Um, we're proud of them. And I'm I'm glad they they serve for us. I mean, let's talk a little bit about putting this event together and how this all came about. Uh, because, like we said, this is no small undertaking. There are an awful lot of people already here. We're still about uh, 15 minutes or so from the official opening. A lot of people getting ready. It seems like everybody got on board with this. Yeah, it, it, we kind of put it together pretty quickly. We felt we wanted to do something in Gavin's honor, and then. This came to our attention, um, felt it something that we could put together. We got Andy together with us downstairs. He served in the military, and it seemed like when Andy got involved, he got all of his guys involved, and, man, the military was was all over this. They've, they've really helped. And, and so many other folks uh, who have volunteered in some way, shape, or form to help put all of this together and pull it off today. Right. The community's gotten behind it. We're really appreciative of that and the support they're giving us. Um, couldn't ask for a better cause today, Chris. So when you first started to put all of this together, obviously, as we said, with the loss of Gavin, your friend, that kind of shocks your sensibilities and, and shocks you into the reality. Um, but the more you get into this, the more you realize just how big of an issue this is? It really is. Um, there's 22 vets that take their lives every day, one every 65 minutes. Um, we just we just feel compelled that we need to really get this out there more. If it's what our team can do for us um, to help the community and our men and women of the military, we, we just we want to do what little bit that we can do in this effort today is important to us. And as we mentioned, throughout the course of the day, because this will go on from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., so it's an all-day uh, thing, you've got volunteers that will be standing silent watch. Uh, that's kind of the central uh, theme of the, uh, of the day. A lot of community members stepping up to do their part. Yes, not just the military. We've had individuals that have wanted to step up that, that knew Gavin. Mm-hmm. That also, there may be some people that stood up that have lost their loved ones to suicide. It's not just the military. We've got the whole community here. Um, they've got behind it really, really strongly. Well, you know, one of the statistics we were talking a lot, of, uh, talking about a little bit earlier, the fact that. Uh, for the vast majority of post-9-11 veterans, they know someone, uh, and many know multiple someones who have either attempted or managed to commit suicide. So, again, this is something that resonates with a, an alarmingly large number of the veteran population. It is. I, I really wasn't personally aware of it, Chris, until... Leah had kind of brought it to our attention that there's mm-hmm. that many men and women that took their lives. 
the other day I was looking at the office, and there's not just men, there's women that are actually have taken their lives because of this. I think it's just, it's, it's a strong burden to carry, and um, mm-hmm. these men and women just really need help. Yeah. Again, we're going to talk a lot more about that uh, as we go ab- along this morning uh, with the resources that are available within the community. And that's the other part that is so important because we talk about these national numbers, uh, but this is something that, as we said, the problem is going to be solved at the local level with local resources, local veterans groups, local individuals who step up to make a difference. Correct. Um yeah, we've had a couple organizations with the veterans groups that are here today supporting it. They they have a table here that they're going to pass out information for those that may need more help, more assistance. Um, they're going to be here all day supporting that. Um, we're going to have a refreshment area, too, that men and women can stop by there once they put their um, silent watch in. And just we're really grateful that everybody stepped yeah. up, the whole community. WFIN as well. It's great. Again, it's really, really cool to see the entire community. So many people come together to help make this happen, Uh, and and everybody, you know, has their own inspiration for that or their own reasoning behind that. Some have been touched directly, Uh, as I mentioned. You know, my uh, sons are both veterans, and uh, for me and our family, it's sort of a there but for the grace of God go I. Uh, kind of kind of situation. So this resonates with so many people for so many different reasons. Yeah, I I, I can't be more. Um, <laughs> it just really touches my heart too, yeah. Chris. It's 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 sometimes you know I even get choked up throughout the day thinking about these things and probably what we're trying not, to do. Yeah, and probably will happen multiple yeah, times. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Th- Again, Rod Cramp with uh, Alan Cramp Wealth Management, uh, the organization, the uh, group that really put. All of this together is the driving force uh, behind all, all of this. We're counting down to the uh, opening ceremony. Rod, we'll let you get back to getting everything set up. I know it's a very busy uh, point of the morning for you, so thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate thanks, Chris. it. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Leah Cook has uh, joined us here from uh, Alan Cramp Wealth Management. As we mentioned, uh, Alan Cramp kind of spearheaded this whole silent watch event from the get-go and uh, Leah's sort of uh, run point on this whole thing from the very beginning and uh, first of all thank you Leah for uh, all of the uh, everything that you have done I mean I've got uh, some of the uh, emails uh, you that you have here they're incredibly detailed (laughs) about everything that's going on uh, here today Uh, so obviously a lot of work has gone into uh, all of this and as we were mentioning with uh, Rod a little bit earlier, it was so so cool to see so many people respond positively and you know want to get involved. You know the how can I help sort of thing from the Absolutely. very beginning. Absolutely, yes, we've had a great response from the community um, in terms of even just filling our 22-minute time slots and the volunteers mm-hmm. there. An overwhelming support, so much so that I have more than one in every time slot standing. Yeah. So that's been an amazing thing to watch. And. Uh, not just for those who are directly involved in the silent watch themselves, but you know, in the support of this. Obviously, Hancock County Veterans Service Office is here. Uh, we serve coffee is here yes. for uh, you know, provide refreshments and and all of that. So really, it's you know, the entire community. A lot of people 
you know, getting involved in this. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we do have We Serve here, like you mentioned, and then also for lunch we'll have Jack and Doe's Pizza here for our volunteers. Um, and the Veteran Service Office is here all day for us as well, answering any type of questions of how they can provide more help to the community and their families. Yeah. As we mentioned, we invite everybody to, to come by and just take a few moments out of their day to uh, pay respects. And one of the things that they will notice is that not only do we have the flag-draped casket, which is obviously symbolic, uh, so uh, we'll make sure that we... And thanks to uh, Cauldron Crates, right? Yes, for absolutely. Thank, thank them very much. Um, they were able to provide that casket for us here all day along with the flag. So a big salute there. Um, but that's only part of it. Folks will also notice uh, photographs, picture frames, so on. There's a lot of symbolism that yes. goes into this. Yes. So we have put together 22 photo frames of individuals who have unfortunately um, taken their own lives, and 22 being symbolic because we lose 22 veterans a day, right. and that equates to about one every 65 minutes. Also, next to the photo frames are a pair of boots. Um, military boots to be exact and so i think it's easy to think that oh maybe that's just one person lost here and there but once you see the symbolism of the actual 22 individuals per day um, next to their boots it's quite impactful Mm -hmm. and we hope that that really resonates with our community to make a difference yeah um it it it's hard to look at that and not be emotional. Yes. Um, we just had opening ceremonies, and um, I actually had Mike Soltis from the Bridge Fellowship in North Baltimore perform the opening ceremonies with a prayer. And just, um, I said, who forgot the box of Kleenexes? You know, yeah. it's very impactful and um, sombering, mm-hmm. and we just really want to raise the awareness. Yeah. The end of the day is going to also be very emotional uh, because, again, when they uh, play taps and, and, and close the ceremony, uh, you know that that's going to be a very emotional moment. Yes, absolutely. So we'll have our soldiers here, our troops, um, perform the closing ceremony and in which they'll perform a final roll call. And so they'll be calling out the names of the troops that are present. And then this year we're honoring Gavin Smith, and so we'll be calling out his name, um, and he won't be able to perf- um, be here with right. us. So there will be silence, and there will be um, a three-second pause for Gavin. Yeah. Again, we talk about the uh, symbolism, and even the three seconds, uh, there is some symbolism in there. Yes. So the three seconds is um, standard in a final roll call with the military, and that's where um, they have the three-second salute, hand going up, three-second salute, hand going down, and three seconds for a final roll call. And that's where, um, in the military, they're provided about three seconds um, to clear the dead from the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And so they provide those three seconds and then um, proceed with battle. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the awareness and... Obviously, we want to raise awareness, make sure that people know that that this is an issue and how big of an issue this is. Um, you're also uh, helping raise funds for yes. a couple of uh, different uh, charities. So yes. tell us a little bit about this. 
So we do have um, donation opportunities available. The first is being with the Silent Watch Mm -hmm. itself. So I'm sure you've already talked about that organization, and we'll talk about it a little bit further. Let me me kind of interject there. Uh, How is it that you got connected with Silent Watch? Because, uh, as we said, this is an Ohio-based uh, organization. They were formed in Ashland. And again, the stories uh, on how it got started uh, are, are really dramatic, and we'll talk more about that coming up a little bit later on. But um, but how did you get involved with Silent Watch? So um, I actually think it's a God thing. We use that term a lot in our office yeah. um, to where um, we wanted to do something to honor Gavin, and nothing felt quite right. And so I just started doing a lot of research online of what could be some possible opportunities or if there's anything out there existing. And I just happened to stumble upon um, silentwatch.org. And as you mentioned, started out of Ashland with um, Sergeant Tim Chandler and reached out to him. They have a great user manual of how to put an event together. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to get all 88 counties in Ohio to observe a silent watch during the month of September. Yeah. So Silent Watch is kind of they lending the name to the yes. event, and, and this is built around their structure of an event. You're also helping out 22 a day, right? Yes. So um, you can donate to Silent Watch. Their funds go toward an SBG injection, and so that helps with your fight-or-flight symptoms that you might have. Mm-hmm. 22 a day is a movement where they're all nationwide, and they raise funds for research and family support. And then we'll also have um, donations available to your local Hancock County Veterans Service Office for further research and family support. As we mentioned, all of this comes about because of your relationship and and those uh, in your office and many in the financial services community yes. here in Finley with with Gavin Smith, who uh, is a military veteran, Marine Corps veteran, uh, lost his life, took his own life last year. Um, that. It, it, it really hits you, and again, we were talking with Rod a little bit earlier, it really hits you when it is someone that you know. It's Absolutely. Really, it's really easy to talk about these numbers mm-hmm. in you know the, the big picture and, and right. so on, but when it hits home like that with someone you know, mm-hmm. that, that's a whole different whole different level. Absolutely. Um, Rod, Titus, and Nicole all worked with Gavin um, and felt very strongly about honoring him in some way. And although I did not work with him, I had the opportunity um, and privilege to meet him two times in our office, which was lovely. I also have been affected um, with three individuals personally. Um, You know, the sixth degree of (coughs) relationships with, you know, I'm sure there's Almost everyone out there has probably been affected by this, and our hope is that it no longer becomes, it's, it's not a taboo topic, yeah. right? That's, that's the other part of this, is that, you know, everybody knows someone. When you mm-hmm. started to put all of this together, mm-hmm. um, was that something that was kind of an eye-opener for you to, you know, you yes. talk with all these people <laughs> and they say, you know, I know someone or someone in my family? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. yeah, it's happened um Unfortunately, more often than you'd like, right? Um, You know, I just was talking to someone yesterday who started to align the stars and say, you know, I think my dad 
I think that's what he had. And um, someone else mentioned that maybe that's what their brother did. Um, so it's really knowing those signs and symptoms and knowing where to get the help. Like, for example, the local VSO office, they are here to not only support the veterans, but their families. Right. And I think that's sometimes um, not understood by the community. So if you have a family member, it's better to say something and do something than to just pass it off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as we were mentioning a little bit earlier, this impacts not just the individual, but everyone within yeah. their circle, their family, their friends, uh, clearly uh, are impacted. We've already had the first changeover, the first uh, individual standing, the 22-minute uh, watch. That will continue throughout the uh, course of the day. As we were mentioning a little bit earlier, everyone who has served has a story, and there are many reasons that lead far too many to suicide. That's what we're talking about this morning. We are live on location, the Hancock County Courthouse, for today's Silent Watch event. Hancock County Veteran Service Officer Nicole Coleman is with us this morning. You are here with a lot of information for not only veterans, but those who care about veterans, um, about the resources and the realities uh, that maybe they don't, uh, I don't want to say that they don't realize, but maybe they don't fully understand um, the help that's available and so on. So. Yeah. So we have um, some really wonderful resiliency programs, and I love the way it, it was described to me one time that when you offer programs to support someone, mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you offer multiple different kinds of programs. And right. he kind of explained it as like, Someone is at the bottom of a mountain, and you're throwing ropes over. And some of the ropes reach them, and some of them don't. And so you have to throw enough ropes over to find where is the rope that meets that person where they are. Mm -hmm. And so we have uh, Battle Buddies, which is a peer-to-peer -peer support program. Uh, we have uh, the GI Tunes program, which is a music listening program where we connect a veteran with a licensed music therapist um, who then creates personalized playlists for the veteran based on what their needs are. Mm. So, for example, um, if someone is, is dealing with depression and anxiety, then they might have two different playlists. One that they would listen to if they're feeling depressed and a different one they would listen to if they're feeling anxious. Um, and if they have triggering thoughts, they might even have a third one that helps bring them, yeah. helps ground them. It's interesting. You talk about that. That sounds so simple. Is it, I mean... Is that one of the things that maybe surprises us? Sometimes it is that simple. Sometimes it is, but when you are the person who's in the midst of mm -hmm. that hopelessness, nothing feels simple. And so, right. you know, I think that is an important thing for people to remember is if you are on the outside looking in, and I... I hesitate to put it that way because for the family, it doesn't feel like you're on the outside. Right. But you're not inside that person's body. Right. right. Um, and you might be thinking of really simple things, but you, you don't want to assume they haven't tried that. Right. Or you may think that this is, this is too simple or this isn't, right. you know, this is, how can this possibly make a difference? Right. But it might be something Small. It might be something simple that does make a world of difference. Right. So one of the things that 
all of our programs do, and we have four other, three other programs. But one of the things that all of our programs do is help veterans, one, find purpose, and two, help them connect with other people. So um, one of the things that seems to be kind of a common thread is a disruption of social bonds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people start isolating, it is easier to not have connections with anyone socially. And then it is harder for those people to recognize when someone is struggling more than they were before. And so it's so important for for us as a community to help people find purpose. So if you see someone who is struggling, you know, yes, connect with them. Call 988, which is the national crisis line. Right. Do what you can to to help get this person the services they need at that exact moment. But then also follow up with them and help provide purpose for them and that purpose could be um, that you need help with something let them help you with something mm-hmm. rather than don't pity them that right. they don't want pity right one of the things we were talking a little bit earlier with uh, Rod I believe uh, when we were talking about Gavin Smith and again he was kind of the uh, inspiration the motivation for all of this, and uh, this is dedicated in, to his uh, memory. He was very involved with the community, mm-hmm. um, very involved with uh, organizations, and outwardly, you talk about finding that purpose, it certainly would have seemed to anyone who knew Gavin that he had found that purpose yeah. in continuing to serve the community, and yet, on whatever level, it still was not enough. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that we all have to think about is that balance between when someone has made up their mind, there's nothing that we can do about it. But also, we need to keep trying because we do make a difference in a lot of people's lives. Mm -hmm. And if we can keep one alive, that impacts that entire circle of people, you know, their family, their friends. And so... If if someone has died by suicide, who you are close to, you you have to find a way to accept a piece of that, you know, yeah. um, to process your grief and your mourning. But don't stop trying to help other people, um, you know, who who you recognize are isolating or are disconnecting and that is one of the things Gavin was a friend of mine as well and that is one of the things that I in looking back can see that he had started to disconnect from some of those things that gave him purpose Hmm. and you know I I can sit here and say I wish I would have all day long but that doesn't make a difference for future people who I can have an impact on you have talked about the fact that You've wanted to do something like this for a long time to uh, help, again, raise awareness and bring this to the community. How cool is the fact that this is happening, not just that it's happening in the community, but in such a public way. I mean, we're right here in the heart of downtown, in front of the Hancock County Courthouse. Nobody who drives by or walks by can miss this. Yeah, I am so incredibly grateful 
to Leah and Andy and everyone who helped make this happen. They had the idea. They asked what we thought about it. We said, please do it. Make it happen. This is, <laughs> yeah. we will support you. What do you, what do you need? And they did it with such excellence. I mean, from the opening ceremony to all of the publication and the visibility of it, uh, they just have done an amazing job of putting this together. One of the things we mentioned at the outset is that every veteran has a story. Mm-hmm. And there are many reasons that lead some down this path. Uh, as we were talking about PTSD, that seems to be the one that comes up most, uh, most often, TBI. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. And we tend to associate that with combat experience, and certainly a lot of that you know, does lead to... But it's not, it's not just that. There are any number of things, in which is one of the things that makes this m- more complex and more complicated and more uh, difficult to address is that there isn't just one cause. There isn't just one story. Right. It's, it is all of the stories. It, so, for example, if someone, um, let's say they hurt their knee right before their unit's getting ready to deploy... And they don't get to deploy. So they are back at home while their whole unit is deployed. These are people they've trained with. These are their brothers and their sisters. And they don't get to go with them. And then make it even worse if someone doesn't return. I was going to say, heaven forbid, one of them doesn't come back. Correct. And then they deal with survivor's guilt of, if I wouldn't have hurt my knee, I could Mm -hmm. have been there with them and I could have... Mm-hmm. saved that person's life yeah. and you know the holidays make it even harder because when that person who has survived is spending time with their family for the holidays oftentimes they can't think about the fact that they're with their families all they can think about is that person who didn't come home who isn't with their family right and so you know as we are going into fall and thinking about thanksgiving and christmas and new year Keep an extra eye on your veterans, you know, the people that are still serving who might be experiencing some of those thoughts. Yeah. And again, as we circle back to one of the things, one of the reasons why you're here uh, is with more information for veterans who may be struggling, for those who care about a veteran, uh, you've got all kinds of information about the programs that you have available through uh, Veteran Services. Yeah, on our website, which is HancockVeterans.com, you can get all kinds of information. And it's not on our website yet, but in the next day or two, we will be updating information about our Hope for PTSD event, which is October 29th at St. Mark's Church. And I'm really excited. We just confirmed that we will have a keynote speaker, retired Major General Ed um, Meckenbeyer. He is a 44-year retired Air Force General who spent five years in the Hanoi Hilton prisoner of war camp wow he's an ohio boy born and bred came back here when he got out of the military Mm. and he is an incredible speaker who talks about resiliency and how to use a sense of humor and a sense of purpose to grow from trauma rather than be stuck in trauma it is such an important uh purpose that we have here today to recognize the problem of veteran suicide 
and veterans' mental health. And again, that's another part of this real quickly that I want to mention is while we focus on suicide and those that we have lost, mental health issues are very complex, very wide-ranging. It may not always be suicide, and just because one is not quote-unquote suicidal doesn't mean that there aren't mental health issues that need to be addressed. Correct. And that is where, you know, we encourage you to reach out to the Family Resource Center or the Vet Center, uh, VA Health Obviously, our office, you don't have to remember all of those things. Just remember right. the local Hancock County Veteran right. Service Office. So we can help that veteran get connected with the best resources for them, uh, whether it be they need medicine or a support group or counseling or support for their family because we provide support for the families as well. Yeah. Again, Nicole Coleman, Hancock County Veteran Service Officer, with us this morning. You folks are going to be down here all day and, of course, uh, always available for uh, veterans and their families. We've got a link up on our webpage at goodmornings.net. Nicole, thanks very much for spending some time with us Thank this morning. You, I appreciate it. As we put the spotlight on veterans' mental health and the tragedy of veteran suicide, I want to highlight the resources that are available to help. Many, if not most, veterans find it difficult to reach out. And uh, Zach Thomas of the Hancock County Board of Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services is with us to talk more about the resources that are available. And one of the first things I want to talk about is how to take that first step. As we mentioned, so many people, and this probably is not exclusive to veterans by any means, but uh, so many veterans in particular find it difficult to reach out and, and take that first step. It can be the hardest one of all. I agree. You know, really one of the best resources we have in our community is ourselves. Um, to be able to feel comfortable enough to have those difficult conversations with someone, um, making that first step to make that connection. When you notice someone that might be struggling with something is to say, are you thinking about killing yourself? Um, and that's a hard question to ask. But it is. But it, but that is important for us to think about doing that to be that first step for that individual. That seems very blunt, and uh, I'm I'm sure that that's the the first thing you hear from people when you talk about this issue is. How do you say that? I mean, is that really the right thing to say? That's a great question because um, often we'll say, yeah, are you thinking about hurting yourself or harming yourself? And oftentimes if someone is thinking about suicide, the answer to that question is no, I'm not thinking about harming myself. I'm thinking about taking my life. Yeah. And so that's why being that direct, as com uncomfortable as that is, is important to make that and ha take that step and have that question asked. I think we've had this conversation before when we talk about the issue of suicide, the fear that we're going to plant the seed. We're going to be the ones that plant that seed in someone's mind. Yeah, and all the research that's been done about suicides, particularly about people that have survived a suicide attempt, um, asking that question does not cause it to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it's important to be comfortable enough, and we have, you know, opportunities to learn how to practice those skills uh, in our community with someone, so that you feel comfortable. Because it is very difficult to have those questions be asked. So, in addition to just asking that question, what are the other things? How can we be there to support those who are? suffering who are struggling with these issues sure i think it's important for us to know what's what's available in the community 
Um, one of the great places to go, and we've talked about this often, is Hancock Helps. Uh, that lists a number of local resources. Getting connected with our lo- local NAMI chapter, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, they have support groups, they have peer-to-peer groups, they have family-to-family groups where you learn those skills. Um, we have trainings available called Question, Persuade, Refer, which is how you learn how to have those skills to ask those questions. Um, but being uh, ready on your own to have those additional resources and be that kind of connection is really what's key to helping folks that are struggling. To underscore what you were talking about, uh, there are a lot of resources available. Again, when we talk about resources that are available for those who are hurting, for those who are struggling with this, we tend to think of the resources, or we think in terms of the resources for that individual mm-hmm. themselves. So many, so much of what you do uh, also is uh, for the benefit of those who are family members, our friends, our loved ones around the person who is hurting to be the best that they can be for that person that they care for. Yeah, you know, we struggle with grief through that process. And, um, you know, we have a number of local churches that are doing grief share groups. We have our local treatment agencies that have uh, grief support groups. Um, Because you're right, it's not just... We have to take care of ourselves as well in order Mm -hmm. to take care of those, those people that are struggling. Yeah. So for specifically for those who are... Uh, in this case, the veterans who may be uh, who may be struggling, um, how how do you how do those individuals take that that first step? Is there? It, it sounds kind of strange to say. Is there some you know special way or magic bullet to mm. you know reach out and get that help? Or because, like I said, you know, veterans especially very proud individuals yeah. Yeah. and are trained to think in terms of self-reliance and and so on. So reaching out and saying, I need help can be difficult. Yeah, you know, um, we have a a coalition that's working on specifically some suicide prevention work in our community. And the veteran population is one of those specific groups that we're working on. And one of the recommendations we've received from the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation is to provide that uh, like reach out information in places you wouldn't think. So maybe in the men's restroom or maybe um, at places where someone goes, goes to eat where it's not so much it's, it's direct, but it's, it's just dropping the, the cues. Like it's okay to reach out. So if we can sprinkle that information uh, when the time comes, uh, there is a little bit more sense of it's okay for me to ask for that support. One of the other things that we've talked about is the fact that um, there, there. Everybody has a story, and everybody's story is a little bit different. We think of most veteran suicides as evolving from PTSD or TBI. That's not always the case. It's not always the case that they are combat-related experiences. Um, but at the end of the day. Is it all, I don't want to say it's, is it all the same? I mean, is it all at the end of the day the, the, the same, even though the triggers of the underlying issues may be different? I, I think a lot of it crystallized, you know, with the, with the uh, lack of connection or sense of unable to connect or feel that there's no one there for, for a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's so incumbent upon us to, to really try to build those connections with folks to let them know that they are supported. 
to acknowledge the challenges, like acknowledge the the grief that they may be experiencing, to think that there's no other options, um, but to provide that sense of hope. So there is a sense of, of a thread that runs through all of them that is consistent. Similarly, um, there are uh, there are struggles with uh, substance abuse uh, that can exacerbate mm-hmm. an, an underlying mental health issue or uh, can uh, amplify those thoughts of, uh, of suicide. That's very common, not just within the veterans community. That's true. Um, we actually see a growing number of cases where folks are having suicidal ideation where they're thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we do know that suicide attempts and, and suicide completions have been increasing not only locally but across the nation. Um, and so, yeah, substance use often is included with that as well as mental health challenges. And I think it would. it's also important to point out that not every mental health issue is necessarily something that will escalate to the point of suicide. Just because someone is suicidal doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't mental health issues that need to be addressed. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great point to remind folks that not everything ends in 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 a in a, in, in that way. Uh, but it still is important for us to be prepared with support to know that, you know, however we can embrace someone, whatever support they need whenever and wherever they need it, we can do that for them. Because it strikes me that if we are on the one hand uh, fearful of broaching the sub- subject, as we were talking about, if we're fearful of broaching the subject of suicide, we may also be uh, tempted to think if my loved one is not suicidal, then everything is okay. And that may or may not be the case. Yeah, that's true too. Um, there are so many things that could go a different direction that we just don't know. And mm-hmm. so it's important to really be as upfront and as honest and, and as uncomfortable as that is to have that conversation. And And that's so much of what we're talking about is stepping outside of our comfort zone to uh, uh, address this. Like we said, there are a number of uh, resources, um, Hancock County Board of Alcohol, Drug Addiction, Mental Health Services. You know, you have, you're there to, to help for those who have questions. Absolutely. They can always call our office, visit our website, visit Hancock Helps. Um, I think that we continue to have more light shed on this issue in our community is really helping to mitigate and reduce the, the, the difficult uh, situations people are experiencing. So the more we talk about it, the better we have an outcome. It, it really goes back to what we were talking about by having this event, and an event like this, especially as uh, as much in the public eye as it is. It's right here in the public square, right downtown, right in the center of everything in front of the Hancock County Courthouse, and go a long way to making people confront the, uh, the issue and, and realize that it is an issue that we need to uh, deal with. Yeah, I agree. This is this is a great opportunity to bring awareness and just let everyone know that they can play a part in helping people uh, find hope. We were mentioning earlier when we were talking with Nicole, she had uh, said to me uh, off the air that uh, she had uh, dealt with in time that she has been the Hancock County Veteran Service Officer for about 11 years now. She's had a number of uh, suicides uh, that she's had to, to, to deal with and help families through and, and so on. I'm wondering, given, and, and like three of the five have been just since November, and mm. given what we've been through with the pandemic, and so many of us were experiencing isolation, 
some level of anxiety, uh, some depression uh, associated with that. Does that give us a, a little bit of a, uh, uh, I don't want to say a shared experience, but a, a little bit better understanding of, you know, what those feelings are and and how serious they can be yeah you know we we understand you know the the pandemic was a shared trauma uh with 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 so many folks across the entire world um and what we also know is research tells us that you know there's about of us a seven years length of time from a traumatic event that recovery period where we're just now getting into that recovery period Hmm. and um you know we experienced that with a flood we knew that the flood had about seven years of recovery time before people got to a space where they felt really comfortable. And we're just entering that phase now with the with the pandemic. And so all the more reason for us to reach out. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of lessons yet to be learned from the from the pandemic. And that also speaks to one of the statistics we were talking about earlier that um, while that that one year period uh, for military members right after combat or right after separation from the from the military is uh, particularly concerning or particularly uh, crucial many times these things don't necessarily manifest themselves until much later uh, we mentioned uh, Gavin Smith uh, who sort of served as the his story served as the inspiration for all of this and you know much many years after uh, the actual event yeah um, is when all of this kind of came to the fore. Yeah, when you're in that survival mode, as we were trying to just manage through the pandemic, when you finally have a time to process what's happening, some of those issues will come up. And mm-hmm. you're right, it, it, it doesn't always manifest right away. Yeah. And so that's why we need to be prepared. So again, as it relates to veterans, just because it's somebody who may have served in the first Gulf War or in Vietnam even, or you know something like that, this, these things are still lingering and may come up much later uh, after the fact. Again, uh, Zach Thomas with us, Hancock County Board of Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services, talking about some of the resources, how to take that first step, how to help those who need help. Zach, thanks very much for dropping by. Thanks so much. Appreciate Appreciate it, as always. Well, as we have mentioned a few times during the course of the program today, Silent Watch is actually the name of an organization that was founded right down the road in Ashland, Ohio. They are dedicated to raising awareness about veteran suicide and providing support for veterans at risk along with their loved ones. Specifically, they are working to further research into a new and relatively unknown treatment that shows great promise in helping those with PTSD. Earlier this week, we spoke with co-founder Michelle Hawks about that mission. Give us a little background about Silent Watch and how it came to be. Yeah, thanks, Chris. So Silent Watch actually actually started back in 2007, 2008, when our president was overseas. They hosted a Silent Watch that was 24 hours long, and they stood for 30-minute rotations. Um, when he came back home, two of his... Um, Airbase buddies, brothers, committed suicide in 2008 right here in Mansfield at the 179th. So he really decided he wanted to bring it home. I moved to to Ohio in 2009, and I'm not a veteran, Chris. I'm just a plain Jane civilian. (laughs) But my uh, my brother committed suicide after he came home from deployment. Mm. So that's how I connected with our president back in 2009. 
So we stood for a couple years and just tried to raise awareness. We kind of went on with our lives and it stopped for a little bit. But back in 2017, 2018, our president said, you know what, Michelle, we really got to revamp this. So that's where we became official, Chris. That's when we got trademarked and logoed and official. Um, yeah, so you were saying that Silent Watch does. We have three kind of activities that we, we try to promote. So we first raise awareness. Our silent watches are now through the month of September. That's become Suicide Prevention Month. That's Mm -hmm. what it's known as. Right. Um, So we raise awareness. We have an in-your-face event that we call silent watches. We have uh, volunteers stand for 20 to 25 minutes uh, throughout the course of the event, usually from 7 to 5. The second thing we do is we raise funds now. Uh, We found a treatment that really helps reduce uh, PTSD symptoms. Uh, it's not a cure-all, but it really reduces. But the VA and insurance won't cover it. So yeah. we raised funds. That's the second thing. And then the third thing we that Silent Watch as an organization does is we really provide support to families and friends who have lost a loved one through suicide. Now, I want to talk a little bit about that treatment. Uh, as you mentioned, one of the ways that you support veterans uh, suffering from PTSD and at risk of suicide is this treatment known as SGB, which is new enough and experimental enough for this purpose that it is not covered by either the VA or most insurance plans. Explain what this is. Yeah, so SGB is the the easy way to say stellate ganglion block. Now, I'm not a scientist or a doctor or a medical background, but three years ago our president found it, and he was the first locally to go down and receive this injection. Um, So it starts with an assessment, right? You have to take an assessment before the doctor will even see you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll help you walk through that. We'll actually schedule with the doctor, and then we've driven down to Annapolis. But this helps with the fight-or-flight movement. They found a group of nerves in your neck, actually, called the stellate ganglion nerves. Um, so they found that if, with this injection, they inject it right into that group of nerves in your neck, um, and it really helps decrease the symptoms of PTSD. The great thing about this injection, this treatment, is that it's instantaneous. You'll, everyone that we've sent down and stories we've heard, um, they can find it and feel a difference, notice a difference before they even leave the doctor's office or mm. before they even get home that night. Wow. Um, it's long-lasting. Our president received it three years ago. Um, he's been a changed man since day one. Him and his wife will be the first to tell you. Um, and it's long-lasting, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, to clarify uh, a bit, SGB is not an experimental treatment per se, but treating PTSD is an off-label use, which is why it is not covered by most insurance. However, uh, my understanding is that there is an initiative at Ohio State that is doing more research on this treatment as well, right? Sure. We just actually sent some of our board members down to meet them and collaborate with them. Um, so they're doing it a step further. They're offering, a, I believe, a counseling-type service in addition to mm. um, sending to Annapolis veterans to Annapolis to receive this treatment. Sure. So so in addition to raising awareness uh, and, and raising funds uh, and, and supporting uh, those who have been impacted by this, as you mentioned, that's kind of the overarching mission uh, of Silent Watch. Um, the way I think uh, that you are doing this is so very powerful, not only for its symbolism, uh, as we've talked, it's it's hard to walk by or drive by this event and not notice 
and be touched by the symbolism of it. It is it is very, uh, you know, very powerful in that way. But I also think uh, it is powerful in the way that it gives average people that sort of firsthand experience of standing watch for the fallen. Sure. Um, so, like I said, my brother took his life back in 2008. And so, even back then, it was a very taboo subject. Suicide in general was a very taboo subject. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while, it took our family a long time to open up. So, exactly, you want a bold in your face. Some people may be turned off because it does seem very bold. A lot of times, we use a flag draped basket. Right. Um, or military boots lined up. The host can use what they want, but we also have pictures of veterans who have committed suicide. And then this year, I started at my watches putting um, 22 empty frames in addition to the 22 pictured frames. And that's to represent, you know what, these empty frames will be filled tonight with new faces of veterans who decided and felt that the only relief they could get was to take their life. And so we really do want those bold in-your-face props um, so that the public will stop and recognize that this is happening. Our, our mission is to really decrease the number, doing what we can to decrease the number of 22 to 25 veterans a day who are taking their lives. So how do folks uh, help support the mission of Silent Watch? Uh, I, again, uh, you know, one of the things that you were doing, as we were talking about, is is raising funds to help defray the cost for veterans and, and for first responders, incidentally, who desire to pursue this treatment that we were talking about. So how do folks help? Sure. Well, we are always looking for hosts. Our mission, our goal is to be in all eight, have a watch in all 88 counties of Ohio. We had, um, not 88 this year, but we're working towards that. We've also had some in New Hampshire, New York, Wisconsin, Mississippi. So we're not stuck just in Ohio either. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking for hosts. We're always looking for people to come to the event and help stand, take a 20 minute rotation throughout the duration of the day. Um, and then we're also, again, collecting donations. We have some limited merchandise for sale. Um, but we have a website, www.silentwatch.org. And our, all of our contact information and mission is up on that page. There's also a great clip about the SGB injection that 60 Minutes did a couple years ago. Um, and then our phone number, too, our president has that phone. And so anyone who is struggling or would like more information, he's the one who's going to be call- who's going to be answering that. Um, but we're also always looking for hosts. We're always looking for volunteers to stand. And then, of course, we'll, we'll always accept donations, too. And we will link that uh, webpage up at our webpage. If you want to learn more about uh, Silent Watch, the organization, and uh, how they are working to help those veterans at risk. Again, co-founder Michelle Hawks is with us this morning. Michelle, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Chris, thank you. Have a great day. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, we're back in the studio to finish up the week. We'll preview this weekend's high school football matchups. We've got a great crockpot dinner from Kyra's Kitchen that's perfect for these chilly evenings and lots more. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.